Welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Hello and welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. It is so wonderful to be back here in Seattle, hanging out with Benny in the studio. Justine is taking your calls you today. You little jet setter. Little jet setter, yeah, just a little bit of a jet setter. Um, but uh, I had a, such a fabulous time you at did? the Sun Valley Wellness Festival. Oh my gosh! Well, first the week before that, I was you know had the pleasure of being in Texas and watching my baby get her um, degree in plant and soil science. Your babies are getting so grown. And we traveled, her father and his partner and my mother Uh and Mina and, of course, Mariam and her husband, Alexi. We all traveled to Texas and just had a wonderful time and met uh, Misha's person in her life, which was quite lovely and fun. And we just had a wonderful time. And uh, then I jet-setted to Sun Valley, Idaho. I saw one of your people that's from, is it Homer, Alaska? Yes, Jewel. Jewel. Oh, my Gosh. I'd be floored if she remembered me, but I doubt that. I, I only I did. <laughs> I, I was invited to a party where she was a, attended, oh, okay. so I did get to talk to her oh, for good. like a minute. But mm-hmm. what I I just basically gushed because I bawled during her address. It was amazing. Oh, really? She is an incredible storyteller. She's got, you know, she's had a complicated life to say oh, the yeah. least. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she sang in between her stories. It was just. Heartwarming, amazing human yeah, being. That's amazing sure. human being. Yep. So yeah, I love Homer, Alaska. I think mm-hmm. very cool people come from that place. Yep, uh, I just grew up in, you know north of there in Soldaten on the Kenai, oh. and so you know to hear her story, I'm like, wow, it's just like neighborly. You know, she's just right down the way from where she got her start. Wow, much, and her family. So. Wow, wow, yeah, she's there's some roots. She there. was there's lovely. Some good roots there. So yeah, the Sun Valley Wellness Festival is probably the most favorite festival mm-hmm. I've attended so far, and I mean. I've been there, I think, four or five years now, and this was my favorite. They did such a fabulous job. We had um, they had David White there, who's mm-hmm. from Woody Island. He's a great poet. He did a wonderful keynote address. I had to come home before I actually heard Marion Williamson, but we interviewed her, so I had an opportunity to speak with her as well. Yeah, and um, if you want to prior. recap, of course, it's on the archives. It is on with, the archives. Right. She did a great job, yep. and I think her new book will be fabulous. Yes. And today, uh, I get the pleasure of interviewing, as everyone knows, I love to interview people who I believe are on the leading edge of thought. And today, today I get to um, interview Lisa Lutan. She's an author who wrote this really fun book. It's called Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. Um, <laughs> I like it. It, it really, I, I love it. It's great. I love the title. She, um, so Lisa is a healing, living strategist and the founder of Healthy, Happy, and Hip. Great words to describe how you want people to be in the world. I think that's using, wonderful. Using the skills she developed as a successful technology entrepreneur, right? So we have these people who have practical careers who then, you know, weave them into spiritual careers, which I think is phenomenal. And I don't know if Lisa will call it spiritual. We'll find out as we talk with her. Lisa self-hacked her own mind and body to restore her health and then go on to feel better than ever. A graduate of the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, she now helps highly successful superstars to slow down, chill out, develop a better relationship with food, look good, and feel great. Her articles have been featured in numerous publications, including the Huffington Post, Better After 50, and Mind Body Green. To learn more about Lisa's private coaching, well, we're going to talk to her right now. So welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Yeah, it's lovely to have you. And so when I was reading your book, 
Um, cause we had kind of different childhoods. Uh, I, I was, we weren't allowed to eat processed food where I was, when I was a kid and yeah, most of America does eat a, a, a large amount of processed food and really not the healthiest food. And it was really through, you know, recognizing how stressed out you were in life and how you were using food to help your stress and some unusual experiences that you had that you began to actually listen to your wonderful intuition and hear your beautiful body communicate with you what it needed and what would make it happy. Yes, and to answer your question from before, I oh. do absolutely consider oh. it a spiritual career. Yay! So. <laughs> Yay! I think that's... Yes, um, you summarized my journey quite well. <laughs> well, you know, you tell this lovely story where you're, you know, after two kids... You have two children, a very busy career, you know, a wonderful husband, and you're getting ready for your brother-in-law's wedding. You know, the whole family's attending, and it's black tie. So I'm sure every, a lot of thought has gone into what you're wearing. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. The hair, the nails, the jewelry, everything, right? And, of course, the gown. And you thought you were having a stroke. I did. It was probably the worst day of my entire life. Um, to give a little history before that, I had co-founded a technology company in my early 20s with my boyfriend, um, who's now my husband. And Aww. those were the days way before it was cool to have a tech company. You know? And so we were just working crazy, crazy hours and living off of whatever we could get our hands on, like chocolate croissants in the lobby, you know, for Actually, breakfast. that sounds so good. I mean, I don't eat I don't eat those, but I do drool over them. They look so yeah. amazing. Oh. I don't eat them anymore, but they are drool-worthy. But then, yeah, we had pizza or Chinese takeout, whatever we could eat at our desk. And no kidding, many nights dinner, if we didn't go out, was Ben and Jerry's ice cream with two spoons. And my favorite was fish food at the time. And so we were we were in our 20s, and we just, we're getting by okay, so we thought, but we worked crazy hours, you know, 14-hour days every day, and it was just, the stress was relentless, and my body was breaking down, though I didn't know it because I wasn't listening. Right. I wasn't listening to the warning signs. So on that day, I had literally just had my second out of three children. I had just moved into a new house, and the kids went down to New York for a wedding, and I was, you know, smushing myself in that <laughs> black tie gown, and I had the updo, I had the whole thing, and I'm all nervous. Right. You know, my daughter is going to be the flower girl. Everything's, you know, all crazy, and then time just stopped, and I started getting, like, tingles in my fingers and numbness, and I noticed I couldn't really see peripherally. And I got dizzy, and I thought, oh, my God, I'm having a stroke. And I just started screaming. My mom rushed me to the hospital. <laughs> I was just hysterical crying. Aww. It was horrible. I um, bet. Horrible, horrible. And, I mean, long story short, the good news is I did not have a stroke. But nobody could tell me what did happen. They just mm -hmm. kept saying, oh, it must be stress. It must be stress. And I'd heard that my whole life because I was one of those type A girls and this kind of threw me into a deep, dark hole because I knew it wasn't stress and I knew I wasn't okay and nobody could give me any answers. I, th I think one of the, the biggest challenges we have in the United States and probably other countries as well is physicians are not trained in nutrition. They get maybe, if they're lucky, three weeks 
of nutritional um, education in, I, in medical school. I couldn't agree with you more. Right? And especially now that we've had so many breakthroughs in nutrition and really an awareness of the dangers of so many foods that are in our daily diet. And the doctors are just not on the cutting edge of that. Well, Yet most people are asking their doctors for the advice. They absolutely are. And you know what's so interesting? Because when I worked as an oncology nurse, I, I watched the majority of physicians, so let's say 80% of them that I worked with, ate very healthy. But yet they weren't talking to their patients about eating healthy. And certainly the food in the cafeteria, unless you ate from the salad bar, absolutely was not healthy. And the trays that we delivered to patients' rooms, artificial cream, you know, high fructose corn syrup and your orange juice, you know, kind of fake cereals. and It's horrifying. Yeah, it really is. Um, one of the things that I love about your book, and it's full of so much information, I'm so looking forward to people reading it, is not only... Um, you know, important basics about eating healthy, but getting to the core reason why somebody is actually choosing consciously, or maybe in some cases unconsciously, to put food in their body on a regular basis that isn't good for them. Yeah, it's a it's a big issue and, and why we're thinking about it and what's really going on. And I think it really speaks to the fact that we are running around crazy. We're so busy. We're so stressed. I mean, when's the last time you said, how are you to somebody and they didn't go busy? You know, <laughs> like that's like, it's no more fine. It's like, oh, I'm so busy. No, I'm more busy. It's like the busy badge of honor. Like who's busier? And when we're so busy, we are not in touch with what's really going on in our body. And we're not listening to what our body needs to feel good. And so we're reaching for food, whatever available or what's going to call out to us you know, as a form of pleasure, as a form of fun, as a form of relaxation, any void that we're feeling, food's going to fill it. And normally when you're reaching for food for any reason other than hunger, it's not probably not going to be the most nutritious choice. Right, exactly. What I love in your book, too, um, Slater, on in the the book, you talk about eliminating food, you know, a very common and important aspect of nutritional health. But as people are putting it back into their diet, you're asking them to feel what they're feeling, not, you know, not to just mindfully going, okay, I'm not getting hives anymore, or my digestive system is fine. uh, As I now introduce dairy back into my diet, you know, which is kind of, I think what a lot of nutritionists or naturopaths are asking their clients, you know, how are you reacting to this food that's been out of your body for a while? But you're talking about the emotional component. What are you feeling and sensing in your body, you know, now that you're introducing this back into your body? It's more of an emotional experience that you're wanting your clients to um, pay attention to. I love that you asked me that. Um, I'm going to give you a really great example about that. Um, But before so, so the reason I really want people to get in touch with these things is because it's really hard to say, oh, I'm not going to eat that cookie because it's fattening. That doesn't really work for us. We go, oh, who cares? But when we start noticing the emotional, physiological, every other effect on our body, and if it doesn't feel good, we don't want to do that. We're naturally drawn to pleasure and to feeling good. And when we can start connecting dots to what makes us feel good and what makes us feel bad, hopefully we're going to do what we're supposed to do and lead the way towards feeling good. Now, for me, a huge issue and a huge aha in my life was recognizing the huge emotional, powerful effects of sugar and how 
when I ate sugar, I worried more. Mm. I was stressed more. I had high levels of anxiety. And so now when I decide whether I'm going to have sugar or not, it's not like, can I fit in my jeans? It's, (laughs) do I want to go down that path of feeling, you know, scared and lonely and uncertain and worrying that the world's going to fall apart? Because that is what happened. And I never made that food mood connection when I was younger. It was really a huge aha. And I try to help others figure those things out for themselves as well. Yeah, I think that is gigantic. I I truly do. You know, noticing the correlation between how you're feeling emotionally emotionally when you're ingesting certain foods. I I think that's gigantic because you're having like an etheric experience, a multisensory experience in that awareness. And then when you are presented with sugar in the future, you know, you remember that more like, oh, do I want to be more stressed out? And and you also talked about how we are so stressed, we are so busy, we have so much going on, that maybe we're eating foods that are increasing our stress anxiety just because it feels normal to us now. Yeah, because we don't slow down and take the time to listen to our body. Right. And our bodies are talking to us all the time. All the time. Our, yeah, they're giving us so much great information. And I really believe for like the first 30 years of my life, I didn't even know I had a body. I think all my <laughs> life I was up in my head and my brain. And uh, when I started, like, it, you know, after this event had happened to me and I had to kind of figure out how to get better because doctors weren't telling me, I just started really paying attention and listening and noticing and doing experiments on myself. I was my own guinea pig and making connections that just blew my mind again and again. And now I'm, I'm constantly listening and I'm constantly moving inside, you know, and really, really understanding what my body needs on a whole new level. Wow. I, I think that's beautiful. And we're going to take a break here on the Marie Manu Cherry Show. I'm interviewing Lisa Lutan. She is the author of Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. And we'll be right back. I need a sign to let me know you're here. Need to trip into a new reality? Come with me to Spain this September 18th through the 23rd and ignite your connection to spirit. For more information, visit energyintuitive.com. Effective leadership isn't something that just happens. It takes time and effort. Misha Rouser, master coach, organizational psychologist, and successful entrepreneur, has helped thousands become more confident in their leadership and professional abilities. Gain valuable leadership tools by listening to The Misha Rouser Show Tuesdays at 9.30 a.m. on Alternative Talk 1150. That's Tuesdays at 9.30 a.m. Become a well-rounded, intelligent leader. Log on to MishaRouser.com. That's MishaRouser.com. The Misha Rouser Show, coaching you towards professional success. Technology moves at the speed of innovation, and today, that's lightning fast. So when you get your hands on the latest tech, don't forget to do the right thing with your old devices. Recycle them. The Consumer Technology Association and its members are making recycling your old tech device as easy as purchasing new ones. 
Just go to greenergadgets.org, type in your zip code, and you'll instantly find the responsible recycling location closest to your home. You'll also find lots of tips to simplify your recycling, like asking the store where you buy your new TV if they'll haul away your old one. Television sets, video game consoles, smartphones, tablets, they're all recyclable. Don't let them clog up your local landfill. Just visit greenergadgets.org. You're sharp enough to get the latest tech tools into your home. Now be responsible enough to get your old devices to the recycler. That's greenergadgets.org. Are you interested in creating a mystical career or deepening the development of the one that you have already created? Then please join me August 12th through the 14th of this year for the Mystic Career Development Program. This class is inspired by my very successful mentoring program. During this two-and-a-half-day workshop, you will also experience yoga, as I believe the movement at the same time of learning new consciousness helps it to move deeper into your cells. I will use my advanced intuitive abilities to help participants identify their own natural gifts and talents. Please join me August 12th through the 14th as we develop your beautiful mystical career. For more information, go to energyintuitive.com. This station is Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We're live here in gorgeous, a little overcast Seattle, but still stunning and gorgeous. So it's standard for us. It is. This is true. <laughs> you know, usual. it's funny because I watered my whole lawn last night because I hadn't been home. That was smart, though. I know. But then, of course, it did rain well, a little bit last night. But a little extra. I just hadn't been home for such a while, and yeah. a lot of things were looking a little... It always cracks me up when, uh, like, you see businesses and all that, and it, of course, rains for a couple days straight, and they have their automatic... Sprinklers come on. It's like, really? You can't conserve a little bit? Like, you, <laughs> like you want to go find the switch and turn it off real fast. I'm like, look, Mother, Mother Nature's doing it. Mother Nature is doing it all. Mm-hmm. And welcome back to the show, Lisa. I love your book, um, Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. It's absolutely wonderful. In the book, you also talk about what are you really hungry for? One of the things I notice for myself when I am most mindful of what my body wants, it really wants a lot of water. And in there, I'm eating things when I'm maybe not that hungry, but my body just wants a ton of water. And I think that's something really important to note because many times we eat, we're actually thirsty. And I think our body does need so much water. But in addition to that, sometimes we're hungry for a nap or (laughs) hungry for a hug or hungry for just a break. It's not really. I like the all nap that part. Socially... Can I just do it right yeah, now? Yeah, I like the nap. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> um, but you know, if you're working in an office and you're just really needing a break, it's not that acceptable to go say, "I'm going to go read a book for ten minutes." But it's very acceptable to say, "Hey, I'm just going to go grab a snack." And so many people are associating this snack for a need for a break, and they don't even realize that they just go, "Oh, I'm hungry. Isn't that interesting?" You know, when they get to something they don't feel like doing. And so when you slow down and pause and go, what am I really hungry for? Many times it's not food at all. Wow. I I think that's fascinating. How much time do you think it takes? Like, So let's say someone feels hungry. They're about to go to the fridge. What they're thinking about isn't nutritious, not really, even if it is gluten-free. 
dairy free because, <laughs> you know, you can have all the freeze, but right. it still could have 26 grams of sugar in it, you know, exactly. which isn't really good for you. So I, I think that's interesting when I work with clients and they tell me they're gluten free like, and I can tell their metabolism hasn't changed much. And I'm like, well, that's great. But are you still eating a lot of carbohydrates and high sugar in gluten free material, which, of course, they are. So really, the question needs to be when you you know, you have your eye on that gluten-free brownie or that dairy-free ice cream and you've already had lunch and, you know, it's like, what do you, what do I really want? Is that something that you're asking your clients to get curious about? I'm asking my clients to get curious about everything, (laughs) you know, literally everything, you know, there's no shame, there's no guilt in any of this. It's all data. And I ask them to put on their detective cap and look at everything as if they were scientists, like, Oh, isn't that interesting that I ate the whole bag of cookies? <laughs> I, you know, I wonder why I did that instead of, oh, my God, I'm so horrible. I did this terrible thing. No, isn't that interesting? I wonder why I did that. And that's how we learn and that's how we change, you know, and they might say, oh, isn't that interesting? It's a habit. Or, oh, once I had the first one, I couldn't stop. Mm. Or I was starving and I never stopped for lunch. So there's mm. all these different things that are happening And when we can look at them objectively, we can say, oh, okay, I get it, and start making changes. Mm -hmm. Or I really want to hug right now. I just need some physical connection or emotional connection with another human being. Uh, I really don't need all of those dairy-free bomb-bombs in the refrigerator. That's right. right. (laughs) I, I think that, you know, we need so much more. And to be a healthy person, it's way more than what you eat and exercise. You know, sleep is such a huge thing. Right. Having fun, learning new things, you know, feeling, you know, okay financially, feeling like your relationships are solid. You know, all of these different things go into our well-being. And we really have to address all of them. And when things are out of whack, where do we go? Food. Yeah. Or wine or technology, whatever <laughs> that thing is. That's true. And the book could easily be called Busy, Stressed, and Wine Obsessed or Busy, <laughs> Stressed, and Technology Obsessed. We all have that go-to thing that is just avoidance of what we're really feeling Wow. at the moment. Um, you write in here, uh, you kind of ask the question, do women think about food the way men think about sex? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> at least some women. You know, the, my thought is that Somewhere along the lines, these cords got twisted, and food became our go-to source of pleasure. And, you know, so many women are so busy. They're taking care of children. They're taking care of parents. They're working. They're doing laundry. They're paying bills. The to-do list is a mile long, and they never get a break. And so they're really deficient in fun and pleasure and all those yummy things. And so where do they go? Food. Like, wow. no, I'm too tired for sex, but I'm never too tired for food. You know, so food is really, again, filling the void. Wherever that void is, food's going to go, hey, I'm here. You wow. know, I'll be your lover. I'll be your best friend. Whatever you need, I'll be it. Wow. And, and so you think that women are literally thinking about their next meal or their next snack or whatever it is um, instead of sex, because I think it would be great if maybe they were having a little bit more Sex on the mind, perhaps, you know, um, if it's pleasurable for them and fun and it's good for their endorphins and all of those lovely things. But you really think that women are more connected to food? I think so. I think that, well, first of all, you know, historically, women had to be in charge of food. You know, we were the ones traditionally who were making the meals, buying the food, 
taking the leftovers, packing the lunches. Like, food was our domain. There are plenty of men now who do, but all I would say for most families, it's the woman. Mm-hmm. You know, so food was on the brain to begin with. And then we come to today where gorgeous cookbooks are number one bestsellers with beautiful photos. There are cooking shows on TV all day long. Um, you go onto social media and you see the most amazing pictures of food you've ever seen. I call it food porn because there's like <laughs> ooey gooey snickerdoodle stuffed brownies, you know, and kale chips and sushi burritos, like any kind of food you want. You see these magnificent pictures. So we are seeing food, food, food everywhere. And if you're a foodie to begin with, there's just, you're not going to get it out of your head. And then we get in this habit of thinking about things that give us pleasure. And if food gives us pleasure, it's reminded all the time. And so the end, it's, it's huge. I mean, how many people are eating breakfast thinking about lunch? <laughs> um, probably a lot. Probably a yeah. lot of people are, you know. Um, so when you get your clients to figure out what works for them, uh, I also wanted to mention that one of the things I found interesting, because I've certainly had a lot of clients that have had this issue, you had an episode of hives for a period of time, um, which is a stress kind of allergic reaction I'm f- from food. Um, and I've had clients who've had hives for maybe several years before they were able to figure out what their body needed or didn't need, it, but it's actually a symptom of stress. Well, it's interesting because when I had hives, I was a teenager. I was about 14. Mm. And I had a a series of stress ailments that were never discovered. I was always just told that stress is stress is stress. And I still don't know to this day. I had them for about two years, and then they disappeared. And then when I was 16, I started getting another unknown stress thing, which many years later in my research, I finally figured out I had abdominal migraines. Right. You know, so I was just always told it's stress, it's stress, but I was also told that I was so good at handling stress. (laughs) You know, so I was just sucking it inside, inside, and handling it on the outside so beautifully, but my body was the one who was taking the brunt of it. And eventually it just said, I'm not taking it anymore. Wow. I'm done. And do you think women, because we get that comment a lot, oh, wow, you're handling this so well. Yeah, I think that's a a real mixed message. You know, when you're together and when you're strong and whether it's, you know, even in grief, you know, people, oh, you're doing so great because you have it together, that it's, we're afraid to show our vulnerabilities. You know, we're, we're stuck in this superwoman thing that we have to be so perfect all the time and, you know, how we look and what we say and that we have it all together. And that's a lot of that in itself is so stressful. I agree. I, I completely and totally agree. And we're going to go ahead and go to the phone lines. Who do we have? Benny? Sure. And let's give out the number in case you'd like to join us. We'd love to have you. 877-825-8828 is the number for the Marie Manu Cherry Show. And we have Shannon calling in from Seattle. Shannon, hello. Hey, guys. Hi. What can we do for you? Uh, well, I called in with one question, but listening to the show today has shaped it a little bit. See, Lisa, you're 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 um, bubbling up her curiosity. I love it. So, Great. what's your question? Well, um, my original question was along the lines of when you feel like you know your life is in a flow, and then something kind of creeps in from the past and seems to wreak havoc, and then. More specifically, lately, it was a visit from my mom, um, and related to what the show is about today, you know, I, I, I love my mom so much, and I, I feel great about her, 
And then every once in a while when we're together, I get super angry and fiercely hungry and I <laughs> want to drink like crazy. And Adorable. I, it doesn't match. It doesn't match what's happening in my head with her. Like, I, you know, I feel like my stuff with her has been sorted out, but obviously it hasn't been. So I guess my question is, Marie, do you see anything in my energy body that speaks to that? And then, um, you know, (laughs) do you have any suggestions for me? Well, I'm first going to have Lisa answer the question, you know, your question for you, because I'm sure she has some great insight and some, you know, tools to not get, not to overeat or over drink. <laughs> and then I'll be happy to give you my energy assessment. So Lisa, um, what, what do you have to say? Hi, Shannon. I love, Hi. I love your comment slash question because it's filled with so many things that so many people can relate to. Um, number one, that awareness of that angry, hungry, like to call it hangry, you know, feeling is step one. And the awareness that you had around it, that it was caused by your mom to visit, whether you love her or not, no, you know, doesn't really matter. It's just, it's bringing up this feeling for you. So the fact that you're associating and aware of what it is gives you an opportunity to say, oh, I'm not really hungry. I'm feeling an emotion right now. And what is it that's really going to make me feel better? It's probably not going to be food. It might be, you know, just figuring out what's going on under this, the surface, an opportunity for inquiry. So an opportunity for you to start asking questions. What's really going on here? What is she digging up for me? What is she triggering? That's the first thing I wanted to say. And the second thing I wanted to say is that we all get off track, and that's life. You know, we're going along, we're working out, we're feeling good, and then, bam, we go, ah, I thought I had it finally. But that's life. That's normal. You're going to get off track again and again and again. We all do. And that's fine, but just keep getting back back, back on and yeah. say, oh, that's so interesting that mom got me off track, but now I'm ready. I'm back on. You know what I think is fascinating? And thank you, Lisa. That was great. Um, just lovely. I always think when those things happen, because they happen to everyone, it, and, yeah. and I think there are opportunities for us to reevaluate our frequency and our vibration. So clearly in some way. From childhood, you felt disempowered in this relationship in some way. And and yet you've become this powerful woman, self-assured, confident in many ways. And then sometimes when you're around your mother, you kind of go back to that old paradigm that doesn't exist for you in the way that it used to, where you just get re-triggered and you start to feel like you're powerless, right? But yeah. when those things happen or when any of us get triggered, it's what's important is how we respond. And, and the response is, I think, first and foremost, is to feel fortunate that we are so conscious and aware that we're allowing ourselves this opportunity to recalibrate our subatomic particles so we can vibrate our energy in the wholeness of our true omnipresence, you know, our super genius, our God consciousness. And, and so, and that's what you're doing. You know, you've been questioning, you've been put, you were, let's say, initially putting yourself down like, I really love my mom. Why am I feeling this way? And it's okay to feel any way that we feel, any way we feel is perfect. But then to realize that this is an opportunity to strengthen our awareness so that we can be in the presence of our wholeness and adore and cherish ourselves and the opportunity that presented itself to us. Do you have suggestions on how to raise my vibration in those moments with her? 
like when we're in it. <laughs> well, the interesting thing, vibration really has nothing to do with the other person. So again, it's an opportunity, right? It's, yeah. It's, so really, if from a soul, spiritual perspective, it has nothing to do with her at all. In fact, you chose her to be your mother, I'm sure, for amazing reasons. You just They go beyond this time-space reality. So mm-hmm. phenomenal reasons. So in that moment, getting curious, like, oh, interesting. I'm lowering my frequency right now. Interesting. Being kind to yourself. What I love to do whenever I feel insecure is I repeat two words. I've talked about this on the show quite a bit over and over again until I actually feel you know, in my vibration silently, because I'm usually with someone or I'm in some sort of situation where I'm feeling less confident or, you know, whatever the deal is. And I just repeat adored, cherished, adored, cherished, because that's what we all want in every mm-hmm. situation and every circumstance. We want to feel adored and cherished until I calm down or until I reach six minutes. And it's amazing. It starts to heighten my vibration very, very high. And then when I'm in that higher conscious state, I can even see from an observer's perspective, what's really happening, which is very empowering, right? It could be that your mother felt insecure around you, and then in some way that evoked some insecurities inside of you. And, and as we allow yeah. the frequency to increase in that moment, then we break that old pattern too. It starts to go away and, and re- get recycled into something else because we really are phenomenal human beings full of genius and God consciousness, every single one of us. So that's what I would mm. recommend that you do. And, and you know, it's funny, as I'm talking to you, I can feel your resistance to those words. Mm. You know, I can feel it, which is adorable. So um, I would, whenever there's resistance, I'm always saying that's an invitation. Mm-hmm. So I would give it a try because it's going to be highly successful for you. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And have a gorgeous day. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I had a funny experience yesterday, uh, and I and if anybody hasn't seen the little segment on AM Northwest in Portland, uh, I was um, on the show giving a talk or giving a little segment on um, life lessons from an energy intuitive. So I drove to Portland in the evening so I can spend the night because you have to get on the in the state studio pretty early. And when I pulled up to the hotel, one of my favorite hotels in the city, the Vintage, lovely hotel, I realized I didn't have my suitcase. <gasps> I know. So, which would be just a toothbrush in that matter? No, I mean, hello. It's like (laughs) my toothbrush, contacts, my (laughs) curling iron, my shoes. Luckily, the clothes I was going to wear were hanging on hangers, so I wouldn't have to wear the sweats that I drove (laughs) to Portland. And and um, the valet, he was just this lovely man, and he was so gracious and kind. He went directly into the hotel and told the, you know, the. the person at the desk, what had happened. And by the time I got to my hotel room, there was a curling iron in there, toothpaste, Aww. mouthwash. Um, luckily, I was able to reuse my um, 24-hour contacts. I'm sure my my uh, eye doctor won't be happy about that. Yeah. But and, and you and, didn't have bloodshot eyes on TV. No, I did not. Good. Yeah. So it all worked out. So you know, in that moment, as soon as I, I had a momentary freak out, and then I realized, wow, I need to pay attention to my response because my response is going to either create more issues regarding this or it's going to create more optimistic positive results and so luckily I you know vibrated my energy in a a lovely place I mean certainly acknowledge the fact that I was like what shoes am I going to wear because I'm wearing like bright green uh, flat sandals right now and they're not going to go well with my blue skirt (laughs) but um, it all worked out really beautifully see Right. Lovely. So, Lisa, when you're talking about all of this, you're really helping people to get their frequency and their vibration back on track with their omnipresence. I love that. 
Right. Uh, when I was reading the book and you were talking about the um, type of migraines that, and, and I'm assuming they're in the family as well. Is that true? They were not. Really? You were the only person who had, <laughs> had that? That's why I didn't know. When I, when wow. I did my stroke-like incident, it turned out it was ocular migraine. And really? I had never had a migraine headache. There was a piece of it combined with other things. Um, I had never had a migraine headache, and I didn't know that I had had abdominal migraines until I was researching. So, no, nobody had migraines. Um, it was out of the blue. And um, it was very huge, very, very huge, and a part of my mystery. And I can see why that that my ocular migraine would make you think you're having a stroke because it's a very multisensory experience. The reason why I asked if your family had it because when I was reading that part of your book, I I immediately thought, wow, you come from a very intuitive family because people who get migraines, they really are vastly intuitive and they're blocking it. And it doesn't matter what kind it is, you know what you know having chronic. Um, problems with the mind or the head is a symptom of blocking one's intuition. And I think you do come from a very intuitive family as well. I actually do come from a very yeah. intuitive family. Thank you. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, I do. Um, there are many spiritual leaders in my family wow. and, uh, you know, cousins and uncles and aunts. And yes. Wow. And I was not brought up thinking that I was one of them. <laughs> I was oh, brought up to be, yeah, I, and even my career as a tech entrepreneur, you know, I walked around in a suit of armor. I was a woman in a man's world and I was all head, no heart, everything. And I was massively blocking so much creative energy and intuitive energy that I think it literally exploded. (laughs) And I'm so blessed now that I can use all of that in my work. And I'm such a happier, more fulfilled person. And um, I love helping other people unlock, you know, what are they blocking to? Right, right. What in, within their own amazing genius are they having resistance towards their magnificence? Yeah, I mean, clearly your work is going to have a lot of intuition in it because I think it's one of your natural skill sets. And as you figured this whole thing out so beautifully, now you get to use it freely and also feel validated that, oh, it's even in our genetic line, which is very exciting. It's very exciting, and it's so exciting helping people just make breakthroughs in their lives, you know, in their relationships, and just one little sentence can change someone's life. You know, that one little observation or one little thing that they might not have thought themselves. So it's it's way more than just eating kale. You know, it's really it's really looking inside and say, what's going to nourish me? Right. You know, on a on a whole holistic level. Right. And also what you write in your book is that how certain foods, well, all foods are doing this, but the foods that we crave that typically aren't good for us, typically, that they're also triggering a biochemical response in our body that is also affecting us usually in a negative way, like added stress or anxiety. Um, You wrote in here that you were taking, I think it was Xanax. I'm not sure a physician had prescribed a medication for you. And they for somehow they didn't tell you that it was an anti-anxiety medication. And um, if I'm recalling this correctly, and you looked it up and went, oh, my gosh, you're giving me medicine for anxiety. And it was another kind of a a layer of an awareness of how you were feeling inside. Well, what happened was when I didn't know what had happened to me, Mm -hmm. they just kept writing prescriptions. They didn't know what was wrong with me. And I just kept refusing to take them because I said, how am I going to treat something if I don't know what's wrong with me? 
And when I decided to take matters into my own hands and start researching, I started interviewing family members on their health histories, and I started looking at those bottles. Going, what were they even prescribing? Like, I never even looked at them. And I said, what? They're prescribing me Xanax? Like, I didn't even know. I Like, do I have anxiety? Because it was never mentioned. And the funny thing is there's so much anxiety in my family history. <laughs> But nobody ever used the word. They were, they were just warriors. You know? Right. And yeah, so I was like, oh, that's fascinating. I have anxiety. And then it started making sense, all those mystery ailments. And I'm going, okay, now we're starting to get somewhere. And that's how I started connecting those dots and realizing that the food I was eating and the way that I was living was just making this anxiety worse and worse and exacerbating any health issues that I had. So for me, learning ways to really calm myself and live life in a, in a much more calm state was huge. It's huge for you. You know, I, I love this story because, first of all, I'm disappointed that physicians aren't telling you what they're prescribing you. You know, I, I'm disappointed by that. But I, I love that you didn't take it. And then you got curious, well, I need to go look at what these bottles are and that how enlightening it was for you. Um, to have that awareness and realizing that the foods that you were eating were actually enhancing the stress. I think that's a, a very huge aha and something that I would love everyone to get curious about when they're eating foods that aren't good for them. Because remember, food is medicine. It truly, truly is. Um, you know, to get kind of behind, well, what am I trying to block or what am I actually feeding? I'm not feeding my body nutritious food. Am I feeding my anxiety, my, my stress? Am I feeding allergies, you know, what am I doing? And we're going to take a break here on the Marie Manu Cherry Show, and we'll be right back with author Lisa Lutan, Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. If you want to know how to get in touch with Marie or find out what's on her calendar, there's a variety of ways to do so. You could become Marie's friend on Facebook or even follow her on Twitter. Check out Marie's website. There's tons of new features like Chakra of the Month, a live Twitter feed, and three PDFs with extensive exercises for your chakras. You can also sign up for Marie's free quarterly newsletter and also get your questions answered in her Dear Marie column. Simply email Marie your question, and she will answer it in an upcoming edition. Marie also will be speaking and signing books. Find out if she'll be in your area on her events page at energyintuitive.com. This is the sound of E. coli splashing around in raw hamburger juice on your cutting board. And it looks like mom just put the tomatoes and onions on there, too. Don't let E. coli mosh with your food. An estimated 3,000 Americans die from a foodborne illness each year. So always separate raw meat from vegetables on two cutting boards. Keep your family safe at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. On Friday, Manson Mitchell are pleased to present a special series with Kelly Sullivan Walden, host of Dreams Unzipped. On Saturday, Mary Lee LeBay talks about the life between lives and related metaphysical matters. In hour number two, astrologer Eileen Grimes reveals what the stars say about our presidential candidates, and she'll be taking your calls in the second half hour. Bringing you fascinating talks since 2007, we are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. 
Marie Manucheri, RN and renowned energy healer, provides accessible instruction for helping you tune in to your health at a deeper level in her first book, Intuitive Self-Healing. Offering a compendium of illuminating case studies and practical self-care techniques, Marie invites you to learn more about the chakras, energetic preventative care, and tools for accessing intuition. Intuitive Self-Healing is available at Amazon.com and Energy intuitive.com open your ears open your heart open your mind alternative talk 1150 a.m and welcome back to the marie Manu cherry show excellent music benny that is just Beautiful. Thank Who you. is that? That's uh, Damian Marley, and ah. actually one of the sons from uh, Bob Marley. Oh wow! Yeah, he's, he's making talented. quite the little. Cre- yeah, he's he definitely is, making a wow. good career. Something. Wow, lovely music. Mm-hmm. A wonderful thing to have us wake up in the morning. And welcome back to the show, Lisa. It's lovely to have you. Lovely to be here. Uh, you have um, this is a, a very interesting thing you call food lodging. I love it, where you set up your refrigerator the way a merchandiser would set up a store display, um, so that you can reach for those things at eye level in the fridge. So put the healthiest choice right there, and you will most likely grab them. What a great idea. Well, I realized, you know, all the fruits and vegetables were tucked away in these drawers in the bottom. <laughs> yeah. And my family would go to the fridge and never even see them. So I started thinking, hmm, how can I be creative here? And it works. You know, whatever you put at eye level, that's what people are going to grab. Yeah, that is a really great idea. Fascinating. So we have a caller. Who do we have, Benny? Let's give out the number again so everyone can join us, 877-825-8828. It's 877-825-8828, and we'll take Rebecca calling in from San Diego. So, Rebecca, hello. Hi, Benny. Hi, Marie. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Um, I have a question for Lisa, and um, I hope I don't seem like I'm putting you too much on the spot, but I was (laughs) curious to know um, if you still ran your tech company today, and you found your book on the shelf, um, how would you go about uh, sort of balancing the stress level that you feel in your tech company job um, and uh, in, in, I guess in a, in a timely manner? In other words, if, you, if you're feeling extremely stressed out in your work, but you don't really want to make a big shift, you just want to learn how to sort of balance your, your spiritual practice and sort of integrate that into your work, what are some of the first few things that you would do to sort of put your foot down and, and make some immediate changes? Rebecca, that's an awesome question. And I, I do work with many type A, very successful, you know, superstars. So I would do this all the time with this work. And just before I give you a specific, I wrote this book because I couldn't find this book. And this book would have really helped me when I was in that place. So the first thing I advise people to do is start with one minute a day of deep breathing. Do you have any type of um, meditation practice? I do. However, I find now that my uh, career is becoming a lot more stressful, my meditation practice is uh, 90% just trying to clear out the mental checklist in about five minutes of stillness. <laughs> okay, no, but that you know what? That's okay. So that's the problem. You know, our brains are so crazy. They're racing around 
And so sometimes meditation becomes just another thing on our to-do list, and that's when <laughs> we're like, oh, my God. And so what I love to have people start doing is one minute of deep breathing. And you can do it throughout the day. I like to take a new habit and latch it onto an existing habit. So let's say you're having your morning coffee. You know, okay, I'm going to take 10 deep breaths, whatever a minute is. Let's say you're at a red light. Okay, I'm going to do my breaths. And no pressure. Don't worry about clearing the brain, nothing. You know, just count to 10. And over time, what you're doing is you're telling your body that you're not in stress mode 24-7. And that's the most important thing because our body doesn't know the difference between getting angry in traffic and being chased by the tiger. You know, it's all the same to our body. So by taking that minute again and again throughout the day, telling our body we're not in stress mode, we actually are doing our bodies really good, you know, giving them a little break. And then over time, maybe increase that two minutes to, you know, that one minute to two minutes. You know, it doesn't have to be huge things. That is the number one thing that I would tell people in your shoes. And the number two thing I would say is, I don't know, you know, what you're eating, whatever, but I would put healthy, fresh food on the top of your list because that is going to really, really impact how you feel. And it's a, it's a cycle. When we start feeling better, everything falls into place. Lovely. Excellent. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, that's and thank you so much. There's a lot of tips oh. in the book, you know, exactly for the busy, stressed out person. <laughs> right. There are. Too well. There are. Th- thank you so much, Rebecca, for calling in. That was a great question. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I love in the book to you say, rather than starting the day by getting on the scale, try s- starting with positive affirmations, a little goal setting and a few bullet points in your gratitude journal. Do a lot of people get on the scale first thing in the morning? Well, Most people who do get on the scale do get on the scale first thing in the morning, and they're told to do that because you want to have a a consistency. Wow. I don't even have a scale. I mean, I don't even allow one in my house because I just think it's too much pressure and It is so much pressure. And, you know, as I mentioned in the book, you know, for some people, scale is fine. It's just a periodic check-in, no big deal, am I up, am I down, and and (laughs) for some people, it's quite motivational. But for others, it is soul-crushing. Right. it's, oh, my God, I'm not worthy because the number isn't what I want it to be. And you have to know yourself. And you certainly can look in the mirror or see how your clothes fit. If you don't right. want to be using a scale, right. that's fine. So, again, detective cap. How does the scale work for me? Is it, is it doing me good? Is it not? If it's not, chuck it out the window. <laughs> you know, you, we, but life is hard enough. We have to find ways to ease our daily existence. <laughs> You know, and find ways to, I like what you said before, like adore and cherish ourselves, you know, with self-love. And and things like a scale can be really, really crushing and work against that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I'm sure there are people who use a scale perfectly well. But when I was reading that, it made me stressed out and anxious, like, oh, my gosh, you get on the scale you know, for those people who get one, get on one every morning, I think that would just be really hard. I loved your alternative. I think it was fabulous. Um, you also say that when we eat in a relaxed state, our bodies know that we are not in danger and our digestion functions better. And really, most people do not eat in a relaxed state at all. They're eating hurried. 
They're eating in the car. Right. <laughs> they're eating in front of the computer. They're eating. They're doing everything else while they're eating. <laughs> and then they're like, where did it go? I don't even remember eating it. <laughs> yeah. and, and going back to that, you know, stress mode, our body doesn't know the difference when we're being chased by the tiger or when we are, you know, on the go and crazy. And when we are in that fight or flight mode, you know, our digestion is really told to stop for a while. It's just not an essential activity. So things slow down in order for us to flee to safety. And when we're eating in that state where we're just messing up our bodies, you know, we need to calm down so everything will function properly. Yes, I couldn't agree more. You you talk about how... um People have a lot of negative dialogue in their mind about their eating habits. Like, I was bad yesterday in my eating habits, or I already messed up, so I might as well keep messing up. Um, I don't eat carbs. Okay, well, that's kind of scary, too. You'd still need carbohydrates. I won't, I mean, you do. I won't eat if it's not organic, locally grown, and non-GMO. I kind of do fall into that little... uh, last one. Um, but I, of course I do, you know, cause I have to eat and I can't always get organically grown, um, food, especially if I'm traveling. Um, so how do you help people get out of like, especially that one I messed up, you know, that's, well, that's just we heartening. Are so mean to ourselves. I think we treat ourselves worse than we would ever treat any friend. And so we go back to that detective cap and say, that's not really going to help anything, you know? Okay. It's it's not a question of willpower. It's a question of, you know, triggers and habits. And when you put on that detective cap and you get rid of guilt and you get rid of shame and just take that out of the equation and look at everything as data, you can start making progress. And so we work on ways of removing that. And the reason I included that last one about organic non-GMO. And I even say, I would prefer to eat that way every day as well. I mean, of course, you know, I think most of us would, but we can't always. It's not logical. Sometimes we're traveling sometimes, and we don't want to be so caught up that we beat ourselves up even for that, because you have to do the best you can in a situation. Well, and I've had clients who, you know, had diseases who had incredibly healthy lifestyles, you know, exercised, ate amazing food. But when I looked at their energy, they were just as stressed out as the person who is not eating healthy and who is running rampant. And it's because they were so worried about the environment and the chickens that are being mistreated and, you know, just the stress and anxiety. And And when they were shopping, it was out of fear rather than joy. And, That's such a good point. Right? And unfortunately, that lowered their energy system and uh, you know, allowed stagnation to come in, which ultimately can, not always, but can lead to disease. So regardless of what it is, give yourself a pat on the back, love yourself, and um, choose the food when you're, that, you, that are, is good for you when you're in a good place, not a stressed place. And do the best you can. If you have access to a local farm, you know, farmer's market with organic, wonderful produce, Excellent. If you don't, you can buy frozen organic vegetables, you know, in your in your supermarket. And if you don't have that, just always say, what is the premium fuel I can put into my body? And be a snob about it. You know, like, if you're going to eat chocolate, don't eat crap chocolate. Eat the most <laughs> delicious, best, you know, Absolutely. chocolate you can find. Absolutely. And that's true for all of your food, you know. Find I love the it. best you can because you deserve that.
Thank you so much, Lisa. It was lovely to have you on the show. We wish you a beautiful day in your part of the world. Joyful blessings, everyone. Bye-bye.